We have a big time episode coming up for you guys. We sat down with Coach Carvel to talk all things UMass hockey. Got his thoughts on the last couple years as coach and where he thinks his program is headed for this upcoming year. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of High Character. We have a big one for you guys here. We we sat down and talked for a while with Coach Greg Carvel, head coach of the Minutemen, and it was it was an awesome time. We'll get to it in a second. My name is Cameron, and I'm joined by my good buddy Evan. Evan, how's it going, man? We're feeling good. That was that was quite the interview. It was really tough for me to keep it under wraps. I felt like the need, like anytime I saw somebody on Twitter posting something relating to a coach, I was like, we got one, we got one. Like but obviously we couldn't couldn't let everybody know immediately but yeah it was an awesome interview and couldn't have been happier to get it out absolutely and we think uh we think you guys will really enjoy the the content that we that we talked about it gives a pretty good look into the program for this this upcoming season and yeah without without further ado here's coach carvel watch out watch out we are joined today by the head coach of the minuteman and a big inspiration to everything that we do here especially the namesake Coach Greg Carvel. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good to see you guys. It was good to run into you this summer. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah, no, shout out to the coaches caravan. That was a really fun time. Um, again, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Um, I think the people are really going to love to hear what you have to say, um, especially going into this new season that we have. Uh, I'm only doing this because you guys are huge supporters. You've been loyal. Uh, visible I, i've known who you guys are for a long time and we've become close to here lately and so i'm glad to help out appreciate it so uh how's your off season going have you been up to anything outside of hockey um not enough it's always busier than i want it to be i i think every summer it's gonna i'm finally gonna get to relax it's never the case uh, i did get away to california with my family and we do spend a, a good part of the summer in maine my family does i i go back and forth uh, but a lot of new staff hirings this summer or spring, along with a lot of new players. So there's a lot of, a lot of change in the program. So it took a lot of my time. Yeah, definitely. We're going to, we're going to definitely talk about some of the, some of the, the staff turnover and just a lot of the changes coming up in a little bit, but mostly, you know, we do want to talk about the upcoming year, but this is your first time on the pod. Um, so we definitely want to talk about your past a little bit. So back in 2016, you took over as the head coach of this program that, you know, struggled for a majority of his existence. Um, what did you kind of see in this program back then that gave you hope for the future? Like when I would look at um, a lot of articles and stuff, you, I would always hear the term sleeping giant being used. Um, did you kind of see that? Um, did you kind of see UMass hockey being where it is now so quickly? Um, just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. No, I, I didn't see very much at all. I actually, uh... <clears throat> I, I was very happy at St. Lawrence and um, kind of interviewed here just just for the hell of it. I was at, I wasn't I didn't ask to be interviewed. I was called by uh, Ryan Bamford and asked if I'd interview. I came down. Actually, my wife lives here or I grew up here in Amherst, so we were coming to visit my in-laws. And I was like, "What the hell? I'll, I'll interview for the job." And uh, three hours later, Ryan offered me the job. Uh, I called St. Lawrence and and asked if they'd be willing to bump my salary a bit. And they, they 
didn't want to. So I decided to move on. And uh, when I got here, there wasn't a lot to be excited about other than the AD uh, had a vision and uh, has been very supportive. Um, you don't, you don't get better if you don't have investment in the program. And if you don't have an athletic director that wants to invest in it, you're not going to go anywhere. So I was very fortunate and still am to have an athletic director that, that, that helps us get what we need, the resources we need. Uh, I didn't, I think I did a good job hiring the right people and that's continued to be a, a very big part of our success as a, I think maybe, as a as the head coach, one of the better things I've been able to do is is surround myself with the right people. Mm. Yeah, and we've seen that investment uh, kind of paying off in other sports as well, which has been great to see. Uh, we all know what's happened since that hire. You've got Hockey East regular season championship, two tournament championships, two Frozen Fours, a national championship. It's a lot of success in that short time. What uh what benefits have you seen for the program and the school as a whole uh, outside of just hanging up a banner in Mullen Center? Yeah, obviously lots of benefits. I, I, I like the fact that we've helped the university that's been on an upward trend. We've been able to give that a, a bump. Uh, I think it's helpful to have successful athletic teams. Uh, the academic reputation of the university has, has been growing very strongly in the last decade so um it's been great to give the alumni and, and the students on campus something to be proud of and that's what i enjoy when we we go play in, inside the boston area and td garden it's it's just full of alumni who are just excited to have a team that they can cheer for so um that part has been fun recruiting uh it obviously it gets easier with success but it's still difficult um we don't we don't get massachusetts kids they, they still, they, uh, they want to stay closer to Boston and, and that's fine. And I think when I got here, it used to be like, you know, we need to get, this is the university of Massachusetts. We need Massachusetts kids. And I said, well, then you recruit them because we're not doing a very good job. Um, we want kids who want to be part of what we do. And um, I love the kids we have here. I love the kids that we uh, are able to, uh, to attract. And I think kids come here for the right reasons, not because they need to be in the city, not because they need to play in the bean pot, um, which are, I understand very attractive things. I, I understand completely, but we get kids who are here because they, they want to be part of our culture. They want to be um, coached and pushed and challenged. And those are the kind of kids that I want in our program. Yeah, no, you definitely love to hear that. And it's clearly brought us great success hearing all those things. So um, just on a, on a little bit of a, of a side tangent, do you actually have a favorite game that has occurred at the Mullen Center? You know, like you talk about seeing the fans and everybody just kind of going crazy when a really good game happens. You know, I'm trying to think of some examples, like maybe the game against BC back in 2019, there's a Jake McLaughlin winner, three, three seconds left in the game. Um, or like that wild fan atmosphere back in 2018 when we were ranked number one against Quinnipiac. Do you have any favorite games that come to mind? Those are obviously two highlights that come come back quickly to my mind too. Um, I think just as a whole, we, we've had a lot of success at Mullen Center. And um, basically any any game when students are on campus, the atmosphere is outstanding. You know, when we get when they're not here, obviously it's a big building and it's hard to get that energy. 
but there's been so many big goals and big, big wins. And um, so I can't tell you one, one moment that comes to mind. I just, when I think about it, just so many times being on that bench and smiling and, and, you know, celebrating. So it's, I love coaching. I think the Mullen Center is, is an awesome place for to play. The energy is, is awesome. And uh, one of the better places in college hockey. Definitely agree with you on that one. And uh, in one of your previous answers, you talked about getting kids, uh, not necessarily mass kids, but um, kids that are a good fit for this program. Um, we've seen a lot of talented individuals come through the program over the last couple of years. Is there anything specific that you and your staff might look for in a young player like that? Because the the buy-in from just about everybody has been phenomenal. Yeah, there's not a lot of difference, you know, good hockey player comes along and all, you know, you're not the only team. It's not like we're the only team recruiting any kid. Like we're always competing against other good programs. <clears throat> I, I think, you know, it's every kid's different. What are they looking for? And you know, there may be a player that we want really badly, but his whole life he's grown up with a certain, you know, certain inputs and uh, have, have that create biases for them and um that's the frustrating thing is for me is you put a lot of time and energy into recruiting and we probably get 20 percent or less of the kids that we're that we go after mm -hmm. but the 20 percent that we get tend to be really high character kids and uh <clears throat> it's you guys know this but we, we consistently have an extremely high GPA on our team mm -hmm. while also having good success on the ice. We attract kids that want to do well in the, in the classroom because they sense, I think, you know, again, we, kids that come here, I think they sense the high standards that we, that we demand of our players and they're not afraid of that and they want to be part of it. And they understand that that actually makes them, better hockey players if they're held to really high standards so um believe me I, I i hear all the time how come you don't have more massachusetts kids and i said we offer a lot of massachusetts kids and uh we'll, we'll continue to do so but um we don't get our hopes up too high when we're recruiting those kids yeah. So when, when you kind of mentioned the term, you know, a high character kid and, you know, you always, you know, it always seems to come up in the conversation, that term of character, you know, when you're recruiting, um, how do you, how does, how do you kind of scout character when you're, when you're looking at these kids? Like, do you talk to like their coaches and try and, cause I mean, usually if you're just having a conversation with somebody, it's a little tough to kind of get a grasp on their character. Like, is it, is it a year long process where you're just constantly hearing things about a certain kid and you know that they're doing well in the classroom? Like how, how do you kind of scout those sorts of things? Yeah, there's a couple layers to it. First, when you go watch the player, you can watch the player, you get a sense of they don't back check and they don't play very hard without the puck. That's kind of, we don't go, you don't get too far with those. You don't go very far with those kids. The next, you talk to coaches, you talk to advisors, you talk to family members. Um, and then if they pass those levels, then you, you bring them to campus and I've done this long enough. I, if I sit down with a kid for a couple hours, you get a pretty good sense of, and you see how they interact with their parents. You see how their parents carry themselves. Um, that's the next layer. And then layer beyond that, I ask questions that are pretty probing that mm -hmm. require something. They've got to think about the answer. 
and you know if you get a kid you ask them a deep question and he's like i i, I can't you know they can't come up with an answer that tells me a lot about them um you know we had a, a kid that committed uh recently and i asked him a question and you know his answer blew me out of the water and um it was obvious like this this is a high character kid luckily he wasn't from massachusetts and he, he ended up coming here so those again i think um by asking questions like that it's part of the part of uh the revelation to the kid okay this is the kind of environment i'm thinking about getting thinking about being part of and so I, when i ask those questions it's partially for me but it's partially for them to realize this is what's important here these are the things I'm, I'm trying to learn about you because these are the things that are important to me yeah no that's awesome to hear um and just to kind of follow up on that like we were just talking about recruiting you know incoming freshmen and you know younger players but do you kind of follow the similar you know that same sort of process when it comes to recruiting transfers um is there any sort of different processes that you kind of go through in your mind because it does kind of seem like it would be slightly like a different beast trying to recruit them because they are older and they might not have as much moldability to their game. Yeah, it's a different beast that is newer. So um, we kind of winging it more so than with the younger kids. Uh, you're more taking players off reputation or, you know, my assistants have always, they know these players from back when they were also being recruited. But I think we haven't done as good a job of uh, evaluating character on, on transfers. It's more, it's more of this, you know, you can watch video. This is how many points he has playing at this school. And you know, he plays on the first line for this program. It's, they're a good team, so he's a good player. It's more that kind of evaluation, whereas this past summer, um, I'd like to think we're a little more selective, but I, I'm not so sure that that's the case. Um, usually for us, if we're in the portal, it's more of a, I think a little bit of a desperation situation. Uh, I, I don't want to rely on the portal from year to year, but I think it's silly of me not to, you know, I, you need that. You need that. Um, we've got four transfers this year and I'm, Right now, I'm pretty excited about what what they're going to bring. So, if they if we didn't get these experienced transfers, then we would have had to find found very young, inexperienced uh, freshmen that that weren't going to be as effective as the transfers that we have. So, it's part of the life now in college sports, and we have to be you know we need to try to be as strong at that as we are at recruiting. Mm. Yeah, and uh, obviously this the recruiting tactic has paid off over the last few years. We've seen an increasing number of players who go pro. Uh, we know this answer because we talked about it earlier this summer with you, but for everybody listening, uh, how much influence do you have on a player's decision to stay at school or, or go pro? Uh, almost zero, it feels like, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I've gotten to the point because we have, we've had a fair number of, of kids leave early. And as the coach, I always think most of them need a little more time. You know, Kale McCarr was 
ready to go. I think John Leonard and Mitch Chafee, I think if kids make it to their junior year, they're, I, I usually feel like, all right, you, you've done all you can here. Um, but the kids that have been sophomores that have signed Mario Ferraro, um, um, Lapina last year and Zach Jones, they were really, really, really good players as sophomores. And hey, they feel like they're ready. And at one point I realized, you know what, it's our job to develop these kids and, and get them to the next level. It, they think they're ready after two years and we've done a really good job with them. And, um, you know, I just think to me, the hardest part of it is I miss the kids. Like they're, they're, they're awesome kids that I love being around. And of course they're usually our, our better hockey players, but I, I think about Josh Lapina and I, Zach Jones, I just think about, boy, I would, I would love to have one more year just to see those kids every day and, mm-hmm. and continue building the, the, the relationship that we had. Yeah. So, I mean, talking about, you know, you missing the players and everything, do you, do you actually stay connected with them, you know, as much as you possibly can? Like, does it kind of depend on each guy? Um, you know, what's kind of your relationship after they go? Yeah. I, I know what my level of connection is, you know, as far as reaching out and everybody's different. Um, I, I try not to, I, I follow all their careers and if something good happens, I'll always reach out. But a good example is this morning, just before I jumped on, um, Jake Godette and Carson Chisevich were here in my office. We were talking for a couple hours and um, they're here training this summer. And it's, it's kind of like with you guys. You know, I think you guys realize like someone wants to be connected to me. I'm going to, I'm going to match it. You know, you guys reach out to me. I, you tell me if I'm wrong. Have I, if you guys ever texted me or emailed me, I, I return it. If someone calls me, like I, I try to be extremely inclusive. I, I feel like as, as part of my vision for the program is, um, to stay as connected with as many people as possible. And it's, to me, it's the way we run our program here. I feel like the players are going to want to stay connected and it's the case. Like I, I can text Kale right now and I'm sure he'll be back to me before the end of the podcast. And they're all like that. And that's, that's a good sign. That's a good sign for how we do things here. Mm Yeah, I love that. And you you just mentioned Kale, uh, obviously a monumental season with Colorado doing things nobody's ever done. Um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on his last season and uh, if you talked to him since he won Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, fair bit of a lot of texts with Kale. I his time, he's one of the, you know, I don't want to infringe on, on his time. He's got, I'm sure, everybody in the world trying to. Uh, stay in touch with him um but he's been outstanding he was outstanding for two years while I was here he's he's stayed very connected to the program of course Taylor's here now which which helps with that but um I imagine Kale will always stay connected to the program he's that kind of kid I think he's very appreciative of his time here um I think we did a good job preparing him. I think we get probably too much credit. You know, when he was winning everything this spring, I was a lot of interview requests and giving us credit. And then I basically like, we, we just didn't get in his way. We, you know, we, 
we didn't teach him a lot. He just needed time to mature and learn how to be uh, professional, which I think we do a really good job of helping in the development of, of, of young, young players and teaching them how to do things the right way, how to play the right way. We don't teach, you know, we didn't teach Kale how to skate. We didn't teach him the offensive instincts that he has, but we, we helped them get stronger. We helped them learn how to play better without the puck and how to be mentally and physically ready for, uh, you know, the grind. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you basically just kind of describe Kale as like an era defining player. Like there's, there's no other way to really describe it. And I mean, we've just kind of seen this, this past graduating class kind of be a group of era defining players in their own right. Um, can you kind of speak on the impact of their just kind of overall time here and what it's kind of done to the program as a whole? The, the class that just graduated. Yeah. Like um, yeah. thinking of guys like um, can back me up here. Um, no, I know. I, I, know I know who they are. <laughs> yeah. I'm their coach. I know who they are. Yeah. Um, no, this, this senior class is um, unbelievable four years they every team every season they qualified for the ncaa tournament <clears throat> a couple frozen fours a couple hockey's championships and when i when we won the national championship after that season i credited this, that senior class with uh, having the character that laid the foundation for our program so this year's senior class which was the junior class that national championship team i credited that class for the grit that we needed and when you have colin felix and anthony delgaizo mark delgaizo bobby trevino um ty farmer you know and you know a couple of kids you know philly Lindbergh was part of that class there's there's a lot of grit in that class and you know i I'm going to, we're going to miss it. You know, I, I slept easy knowing Bobby Trevino was going to be in the lineup the next, the next night. And um, so that class, tremendous amount of success. And it'll be interesting to see how, what, what kind of team we're going to be without those, those individuals. Yeah, so let's let's switch over and talk about this year a little bit. So uh, we talked in our our last episode about all the turnover that's happening, uh, all the new players. Do you uh, have there been any challenges specific to this off season, or does it does it feel more like a normal off season to you? No, it was it was challenging because we we didn't think Josh Lapino would sign after two years, and it's hard to you know you, you don't you don't have guys in the pipeline when guys leave suddenly. And then uh, Garrett Waite was injured and, and uh, had a career ending injury. So now you've got your first line center and your first line winger who you had penciled penciled for the next season are gone. And that, like I said, it's, it's hard to replace. So we were able to get uh, Josh Nodler from Michigan state. who's a, a right shot center who should be a good replacement for Lupina, but you know, we needed to find another forward. When Garrett Waite got hurt, the, the portal was empty. You couldn't, portal wasn't going to help you at that point. So we got very fortunate and uh, 
there's a very good player out in the BC league named Tyson, Tyson Dick, who was still available. And uh, we were very late to the recruiting situation. He, he, he was down the road very far with, with another very good program. Uh, we were able to convince him to, to come to campus. And um, you know, it, luckily it, he felt the right things and, and eventually decided on us. And he was drafted by Ottawa and Ottawa in the seventh round. He was a top five scorer in the BC league last year as a 17 year old. So he's, he's young, but he's a, he's going to be a very good player. It's just a matter of how long it takes him to adjust and get build his strength. But those two, you know, that, that added to uh, an unusual recruiting uh, class. Um, and I'm sure you'll get into the staff, basically two new staff, two new assistants, a uh, new sports performance coach. You know, I've been working for 10 years with Mark Randall, and we both came to the realization that his job was done here. He, he, I worked with him at St. Lawrence, where we, we were able to do good things there. And then um, the, the six years together here, you know, we did amazing things. And um, so I have a new sports performance coach, which I'm excited to talk about as well, a new volunteer coach. And so there's a lot of new faces around here. Yeah, so speaking of all the new faces, there's one that we do want to hone in on particularly, which is former player Jacob Pritchard. Um, he's joining the coaching staff as a volunteer assistant. Um, we've kind of heard, you know, that there's been a lot of former players been, you know, coming around the team over the course of this offseason. Does their presence kind of help soften, you know, all of this turnover? Does it kind of make it a little bit easier for you just to see all these familiar faces? Yeah, I'm really excited about, again, I said it earlier, I think I've done a good job surrounding myself with, with the right people and, you know, with the departures, uh, there's an opportunity to, to continue to do the same. And uh, I'm really excited. Pritch, Pritch is universally loved. I, I recruited Jacob to St. Lawrence. I coached him for one year before I, I left. I was able to get him here for a grad transfer year and um, excited to have him back again. He's just, when people talk about Pritch, they, they, everybody loves him. He's, again, he's universally loved and, and he's a really good hockey player. So he's going to really focus on our skill development. Um, he's young. He's, he's got a lot to learn, but there's a lot of trust in, uh, between the two of us. And that's a big reason why I hired Nolan Bukowski. Nolan, same thing. I, I recruited and coached him for two years at St. Lawrence. He's one of my all-time favorite players I've, I've ever coached. Uh, a lot of trust in him. Very young. Uh, an experienced coach for this for hockey east but uh, I, I know the type of people I want to surround myself with and, and Nolan and Pritch are absolutely those those kind of people that's that's great to hear and uh, we've been talking about this turnover a little bit uh, in the roles that are opening up on this team uh, I guess it means we'll see a lot of minutes from um, some inexperienced players like that do you do you have a rotation that you like yet for, in terms of lines, or is that something that needs to be decided much closer to the, the first puck drop? I've not been on the ice with anybody. So you can, you can give me the lines for day one and I'll go with those. 
but then after that, I'm going to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Um, and yeah, I mean, just again, speaking about the inexperience, um, this is definitely going to be a, a very young and inexperienced team in comparison to some of the others in hockey East. Um, some may say that this could be a year of growing pains for UMass. Um, do you kind of have any words for people that may be skeptical that UMass could have the same level of success that they've had in previous seasons? I, it's all projection. It's conjecture. It means yeah. nothing. Um, there were a lot of growing pains last year. Last year was, it wasn't an easy year to coach. It was, you know, we, we dealt with injuries through the first half of the year. I, th- I thought we got better and better as the year went along and that's what we're supposed to do. And if we have growing pains, that's okay. You know, I don't know which team doesn't have pains throughout the year. Um, I, I know what, what makes me proud of our team. It's not wins and losses. Uh, I understand that that's how other people view things. And if, if we don't win it, we didn't win the national championship last year. And I had lots of people tell me, Hey, sorry about the season. I'm like, I'm very proud of what we did last year. You know, it's, we're not, you know, it, we most likely won't ever win the national championship ever again. The, Michigan had eight first round draft picks and couldn't win it. Like it takes a lot to win a national championship. You could have the stars have to align for you. So um, I know I like the group of kids that we have. I understand we'll be very young. I understand for the first time in forever, we'll have no experience in the net, which is, which is probably my biggest concern, but I'm, I'm excited. I know, I I know what I want to do. I know how we'll get there. And if we, if we're not going the right direction, we'll correct. And, um, and, you know, I, I I need to worry about the process and the the wins will come if we're doing the process the right way. Yeah. And I think we're, we're excited for uh, that, that new kind of turnover as well. We were talking about in the the last episode how the last year's senior class was kind of an era and then starting a like another era of of younger players is a pretty fun time um just a couple more questions about the roster uh you mentioned josh lapina that being a big hit to your to your plans and uh obviously we knew about bobby trevino going garrett wait gets the injury um could who do you who do you want to see step up into a, a bigger offensive role with those being the guys last year yeah the three senior forwards that actually four, um, Cal Kiefo, he's, he's, he's been one of the most gifted forward we've had most years. Cal's a very gifted player. He needs to, you know, he'll be in the first power play and be a really, I think really effective player in the power play. Reed Lepster has shown that he can score goals. He's going to have to take his game to a new level. Eric Faith has been to me, Eric was probably our most improved player last year and he, he has the ability to give us more and expect that he will. And, um, and then uh, Jerry uh, is a big body that needs to be a, a, a real presence on the ice. Every time he, Jerry Harding, every, every time I told him this year, every time he's on the ice, the other defense, defense better be scared. They better be scared when you come over the, boards they better know it mm. and 
you know, and he's capable of that. So I think those four guys up front need to need, need to elevate their games and, you know, the opportunities there. So I, I expect that they will. Yeah. So shifting over, I guess, from the offensive side to more of the, the defensive slash goaltending side, um, Obviously, the goaltender situation is going to be much different this year. We're not going to have Matt Murray, who's been a longtime Minuteman. Um, a lot of people are definitely going to be sad to see him go. Um, he's just been such a presence for us lately. But um, could you kind of tell us a little bit what to expect with the goalie situation? Is it going to be kind of a 1A, 1B thing like we've seen out of Lindbergh and Murray? Or do you have kind of a – I mean, obviously, you said that you haven't even been on the ice with them yet, so there might not be that much input yet. But just kind of, you know, what, what are we going to expect out of the goalie situation this year? I can't tell you much right now. It's going to play out in September. Um, it's wide open. I, I don't know if it'll be a 1A, 1B, or just one man. It's up to those guys. It's I, Unfortunately, I can't offer you too much. We, we have Luke Pavisic as a returner, who we know, Henry Graham, and then Cole Brady is a transfer from ASU. He's a, he's a big kid. He's about six foot six. Um, but it doesn't matter how tall you are if, if you don't stop the puck. Um, so well, those three guys are going to battle. And like, as I said earlier, it's the one area I have absolutely I, no idea which one of those guys is going to, or it could be all three of them. So, but I know that good goaltenders are usually have really good teams in front of them. And so we need, we're going to need to be a good team in front of whoever, whoever ends up playing in that. Of course. Yeah, we're, we're definitely excited to see that kind of play out. Um, one last main question for you. There's some really cool events that are on the schedule this year. Opening night against Denver, who just won the national championship. Uh, the Friendship Four in Belfast. Outdoor game at Fenway Park. Tournament in Milwaukee. Do you have a, an event that you're looking forward to most out of, out of those? Well, we, uh, we've done Ireland and we've, we've played in the outdoor game before. Uh, to me, it's probably hosting Denver. It's going to be, to me, very similar to last year when we hosted Minnesota State that I knew was going to be a really good competitor against us when we were really young and inexperienced. And um, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to that because it's going to, those games will be tough, hard to win, but, but they're going to reveal a lot to not just me, but to the players. They're going to, it's just like playing Minnesota State last year. We had a lot of young guys that were introduced to big boy hockey and realized, holy cow, not not Kansas anymore. This is yeah. this is this is the standard. And so um, Denver will be that. We're, we're going to have to be. We're going to have to come together pretty damn quick to to be ready to play that team. Yeah, I think I think we're all looking forward to, the, to to those games, honestly. But um, yeah. So I guess that's kind of it for the main questions. We have a couple of rapid fires, just real quick questions, and we can we can get out of here. So, does um, it require quick quick answers? Uh, it doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't have to be. Okay. But all right, favorite place to eat on campus if you do have have meals on campus. Blue Wall. Fair. Well, I I like to go to Blue Wall as a team. We we go usually over at at Burke, does that sound right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Pre-game meals are at Burke, I think. Sounds right. Um, favorite place to eat off campus? Um, oh, geez. 
See, I, I, I live in a house with four other uh, gluten-free people, so I don't usually have a choice in where we go. I gotcha. usually, so uh, uh, I do like going to Bistro. Enjoy it there. Solid choice. Favorite away arena to play at? I don't like answering those questions. I don't want someone to think that it's, they, they've got a good place to play. Um, I'll go with Maine for my, my friend, Benny Barr. And, there we go. Uh, it is pretty intense when you play there. It's the one place that we have to go to to complete all the Hockey East arenas that we've ever been to. So that'll be a fun one to go to. Um, next up, any superstitions that you have or any sort of routines that you have before a game night, or maybe on a game night? No, I, I, I look back at my playing career and, and get mad that I had superstitions because they're so stupid. And so I don't necessarily have any superstitions. I, I, they're, they're, they're useless. Uh, and if my players knew I was superstitious, it would allow them to be superstitious. <laughs> That's it's, fair. A, it's a complete waste of time and energy. And then lastly, the funniest guy on the team since you've been a coach. You have one guy that's just been an absolute clown. Just really, really funny guy to be around. Of course, it was Carson Dusevich. He, uh, he was the, he stirred the drink the, the COVID year. He, he made life fun for everybody when, when it wasn't a lot of fun in COVID. And, you know, you need players like that to win. You need guys that make it fun to come to the rink, and, and Carson, Carson was good. We've, 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 there's been a, there's a lot of names I could, you know, put on a list, but I think uh, Carson, Carson, there's some separation with Carson. Yeah, just so that was everything we had. Just really appreciate appreciate your time coming on. Obviously, you didn't have to have to do this, so we really appreciate your time and answering our questions. And obviously, good luck the the rest of the way. We'll be cheering you on we'll probably run into you throughout the year yeah uh, i appreciate you guys i know you know fans like you need to be recognized and uh, appreciated and i hope you feel that way from from me 100 percent. thank you so much coach again for you know even just coming on here and just kind of recognizing you know what we're kind of doing it's it, it, it really does help us kind of push through and thank you and just thank you again coach really appreciate it my pleasure all right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Have a good one. Take good care. luck this year. Thank you. Watch out! Watch out! And that was head coach of the Minutemen, Greg Carvel. Uh, that was just an awesome time getting to talk to him for a little bit. Um, clowned us, clowned us for a second on uh, the interview only being a half hour, but uh, we had a good amount of questions. We we kind of prepared when we had the interview with Eli. Uh, few months back we had like eight questions in the interview went two hours so we're still trying to trying to gauge it's different for every person but uh yeah do you have any any big takeaways from our conversation with coach I just thought it was super interesting that like he wasn't even on the ice for the summer workouts like I would always kind of figure like you'd want to know I guess a bit more about your team kind of going into the season but I guess he has a lot of trust in his assistants to kind of do that sort of talent evaluation and make sure that the ship's running smoothly especially with two such young coaches like he's putting basically full faith in them to kind of keep the ship running well you know he he's off doing other stuff so I think that's super interesting and definitely provided a little bit of you know insider perspective as to how the programs run mm. 
Absolutely. And uh, Carson Gusevich being the, the team clown was pretty interesting. That's something we didn't know because that COVID year wasn't, wasn't easy to get kind of inside that locker room and know, know a lot about the team. But yeah, that was, uh, that was our interview with Coach Carvel. Um, hopefully the first, first of many interviews that we're going to have over this next full season of uh, High Character Podcast. Great getting to talk to him. Wanted to thank him again for for the time that he gave us. Like I said in the interview, he didn't he didn't have to do it, but uh, just a high character individual himself and uh, a guy that we're we're very happy is in charge of our our favorite program. Hundred percent can't say enough good things about Carvel. He's obviously you know bringing us a bunch of success and just being a stand up guy both on and off the ice. So just can't show our appreciation enough. I mean, I remember like when we were first kind of talking about the podcast, we were kind of thinking like oh wow like if we could get Carvel on like that would be like you know a huge accomplishment like that would be like the final boss of like interviews basically and we got him on as like what the fourth or fifth guest like Mm -hmm. that's unbelievable just kind of showing how you know upfront and connected he is like with the program and all of its fan base so I think it's super cool and again super appreciative yeah like you said it it means a lot and we uh we saw him at the coach's caravan over the summer and he asked us when he was coming on first so uh he's he's very well connected with the the fan base and it's just something that you love to see but uh yeah thank thank you guys for listening to this episode we are going to have a lot more content coming before the season starts so keep an eye on our social medias um twitter instagram for for updates on that but i guess that's about it thank you guys for listening go umass go umass take care everybody